I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. This is Dumpty Dum, a podcast about the archers and the goings-on of Ambridge. It's P&Q here, Philippa Hall, a crow with a smoker's cough. And Quentin Rayner in danger of slipping back into my old careless ways. It's a podcast open to everyone, including the clumsy and inept. So you lot, our Dumpty Dummers, get a free pass. This week's Dumpty Dum tune is the very clever Doctor Who version by Stephen Bowden. I wish he would go to some effort to make these tunes, you know. <laughs> He, I know, he, it's appalling, isn't it? You'd think he, he would. He, he just knocks these out, you know. Yeah, no minutes, care, no attention. Disgraceful, disgraceful. Yeah, yeah it's terrible. Uh, I, I, he's got another magnus opus in the pipeline as well, I think. 
Oh, there's there's a few, and he's inspiring other people to call in and leave their dumpty dum. So we have a plethora of dumpty dum tunes, which is very exciting. But yes. we must move on because today we are lucky enough to hear thoughts from Daniel from St Andrews, Catherine, Stephen, Grey Whiskers, Tracy, Glynn, Caroline from Sydney, Helen from Rotherham, Vicky Cole, Martin, Mark and Adam Hickford. Some great names back with us. Plus Tweet of the Week, Facebook Roundup and welcoming new members of our Facebook group, predictions for next week and another Dumdy Book Dumb item. Marvellous. So Quentin, let's look back, dare we? At what happened this week? Oh, do we have to? Um, <laughs> I think our weary Dumpty Dummer, Brian Holding, summed it up as he laid down the gauntlet with this tweet. Well, that was a week. Good luck, Dumpty Dum, making a show out of that. I'm not sure we've got the strength, Brian. Jazza declared he was skint, and it seems the script editors found themselves a bit short as well. Of ideas. Except, that is, balmy ones for Valentine's Day at the Bull. Leonard came up with Find a Lover, a living board game. Sea Spaniel on Twitter set out the rules. When green is face down, there are no diagonal moves. When the coat peg to the left has a hat, you're allowed to huff. Mornington Crescent! Tracy and Jazz's forfeits and fevers idea was all about harmony and love. But their pass-the-parcel idea didn't pass muster with Kenton when they started fighting over whose idea it was. Jim then stepped up to the plate with his mirror image dancing suggestion. Jolene and Kenton tried out some moves, but the idea got kicked out after the landlord jiggered himself with a high kick. Fallon is worried that Harrison has found God, something she doesn't believe in. He started asking big questions like... Who are we? And what's the point of what we're doing? He found out that the only baptism he's ever received came from Roy the Baptist during the Mysteries, and since playing Jesus wants to be baptised properly. Possibly with Martha? We'll see. Chris still can't wait until April for no-fault divorces to be introduced, so he (laughs) ploughed on filling out the forms. Alice encouraged him to chuck it all in, including how she destroyed their wedding album, which shocked him somewhat. Tom was his usual bull in a corner shop as he went round to confront Chris about moving into their old flat instead of them. The farrier quickly banged that on the head, but the two made it up later with a friendly chat about fatherhood and divorce. Fellow muck shovelers Alice and Phoebe arranged for a night out ten-pin bowling with Lily. First strike went to Miss Pargeter, who revealed she can't sink any lower than kitchens, so she's enrolled at Felbersham University to study rural estate management. Alice declared she wants to get back to her engineering roots, while Phoebe feels a failure compared to her Oxford University contemporaries. With the spectre of having to rebook Scobie, the bull's last resort, Jolene got all sexy with Kenton to stiffen his resolve about Jim's idea. It could be smoochy, my darling. Last dance, smoochy. Improvise. Nice and close. And after enduring that, we're all out. Oh, I feel sick after that. (laughs) Shall we take a break? (laughs) That's it, Dan. God. (laughs) 
Oh dear, but best we all just forget that scene, please. Was your week forgettable or memorable, Quentin? Very memorable, Philippa, yes. Um, it did loads, actually. We went up to um, Chester for the first time ever. Lovely city. I really enjoyed that. Loads to see, loads of history and fantastic shopping on two tiers. Um, that was because we were on our way to an overnight spa that was paid for by our lovely children as a Christmas present. <clears throat> I was so chilled after my massage that I fell for buying a 92-pound bottle of serum <laughs> to, do, to do with a small patch of vitiligo I've got. Apparently, it's going to restore 14% of my pigment. I, I fell for it. I was so chilled. 19. 92 pounds. Uh, uh, nuts. Nuts. That's Anyways. outrageous, yes. Yeah, anyway, it, it's, got to, it's got to last a long time. Yeah, it will. And, uh, <laughs> then we went on to Liverpool, because we do love Liverpool. We did a bit of digging about our, my family history, which is very interesting. And we also got to go around the Cunard building, that magnificent building uh, by the Mersey. Where, which was the HQ for the uh, shipping line. And we got to look inside the huge arrivals hall where they processed 9 million people over the over the years. And then we went down into the basement where they've got these racks of empty old wooden shelves, but they've still got some old luggage that has never been collected or reclaimed. So there's right. luggage there with all the various liners and names on the shelves and um, some suitcases and parcels. So it was absolutely fascinating. Yeah. So, yeah, memorable week. How about you? Oh, not memorable, really. Just It's just busy, you know, and it's just non-stop. It's just been one of those weeks. But my week did stop very dramatically when I, I was just thinking, you know, do I book a week away this year? And so I messaged you, Quentin, just say, I'm sure you haven't yet, but just checking you haven't booked any holiday for these dates. And then what came back was the list. I've never heard of so many holidays in a year. You're putting Judith Chalmers to shame with the amount of trips you've got. Quentin, you're you're hardly going to be here. I, I, I presented you with a, a spreadsheet that Roy would have been very, very proud of, yes. I, I wouldn't be around, but yeah, you're, you, I did need to send some smelling salts to you. It didn't cost £92. Well, I, I still haven't recovered from that. No. I just, yes, too many holidays, Quentin. Too many holidays. It's not my fault. I guess who books them? <laughs> I thought you were just booking them to get away from having to do this. With oh, damn, you sussed me. Yeah. Yes, exactly. But anyway, enough about us. Let's get on to the important bit, which is you, our lovely caller, Inneras. Hello, Ambridge3962. And first of all, we have Daniel from St Andrews, who has just heard Monday's episode and is worried about the week. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's uh, Daniel in St Andrews here. Uh, called in, but not for a long time. Just uh, calling in. I normally call in not once I've listened to all the episodes, but I've, so far I've listened to Mondays and Sundays. And I don't know what's going on. It's a pretty rough week so far. I'm hoping that there's... um. I don't know. And I hope we get something towards the end of the week, some sort of payoff, because this is pretty dire at the moment. I've just been listening to Fallon's crisis, where I think she thinks that um, Harrison, having discovered God, is going to become some sort of a extremist, uh, sort of don plate mail and head to the Holy Land, slaying any sort of non-believers on the way. <laughs> but it's just, I don't know, this combined with the whole thing the conversation between Jim and Jazza, I don't know, the whole week just seems very out of sorts. The characters acting in ways 
I didn't know that they sort of would. Also, not didn't know that Lily was friends with Alice. I mean, they were talking as if they were old friends, but have we had any? Maybe I've missed that, but I can't mention remember any mention of them being friends prior. It does seem like sometimes the archers pull out these sort of convenient friendships where somebody will call or bump into one another and they talk as if they're old friends, but it's either never mentioned before and then never mentioned again. It's just sort of, ah, yes, my, my, my old friend. Anyway, that's all. Um, keep up the great work. Cheers. Oh, thank you, Daniel. Nice to hear from you again. Mm. And it's a perfect call to tee up uh, this episode of, of Dumpty Dum because, you know, the poor man by Monday was just head in hands, wasn't it? I mean, it's it, it, it sus that we were in for this really weird week in Ambridge and he described it as a rough ride so far. It got worse, Daniel. I don't, don't know if you hang on in there. Um, <laughs> dire was another word he used, wasn't it? Yes. Uh, yeah, the, we it was it was a re, it was a strange mix this week, wasn't it? Oh, it we was. Rent arrears. We had gods. We had people moving house again. We had rekindled friendships we never knew about. Do you know? I've actually started a new notebook in honour of what happened this week with weird writing, and I've written down the name Nick Warburton, who wrote this week's episodes, right. and I'm going to see if it crops up again because otherwise I'll be having words with Mr. Warburton, and I won't be buying his sandwich bread anymore that's for sure is, is that a notebook with uh, flowers and a bee on it as well <laughs> yes it absolutely is yes uh, it transformed my idea of what tracy keeps in a handbag but yeah there we go uh, jim jim was pretty narky as well wasn't he jim i thought with jazza surprisingly well, is Jim on the breadline? I mean, I've ne- he's never struck me as someone yeah. having who's who's wealthy, but someone who mm. always has, you know, more than enough um, to get by because he paid for the work, the extension to be done on the house, and there was no mention about yeah. cost with that be- being something he, to face. He, he paid for Blake's taxi as well, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, so that was unusual. Well, but then hmm. if Jazza is off creating... Uh, new experiences of being a family at Christmas and spending a fortune on it, then, yeah, I, I guess he has stopped paying the rent, which is strange because, again, you can't just stop paying the rent and then say you can't afford it. It was yeah. all very strange. I, um, I, I, Harrison, I think, the speculation he may actually become the new vicar. I mean, he's, he's gone, he's got God big, isn't he? Because he, he almost went pastoral as well on his visits around the village he had a nice chat with alice and then he had a nice chat with chris and i think he's still I wearing his jesus and- outfit i think he's still walking around he's growing his hair and he's walking around he's got his sandals on he's got yeah. his cross under his arm uh foldable and uh, and he's having a lovely time he's i can see him than- as a vicar i can see him as a vicar well there thought, are more because i thought the way he played about, right? jesus was very moving actually yeah he was yeah. compelling in that role. Perhaps he's found his calling. So watch out, Shula. Well, and something else Daniel mentions are these strange friendships. I feel like oh, they've yeah. had a meeting of script writers and they said, right, we've got to push female friendships. We realise we haven't done it for 70 years, so let's start now. And we've had um, Usha, Ruth and Stella together and now Alice, Lily and Phoebe with this bizarre bubble tea that came in and out of favour Five years ago, so I don't know why that's a that's a new thing. And I've got uh, I've got a theory about Lily. Actually, I'm not liking Lily at the moment. I think Lily is the new Linda. She's so bossy, and uh, everything's got to be her way. We heard that in the rehearsals for the Mistress as well, when she was choosing 
costumes and going on about Freddie and his sense of entitlement. I, I don't know. It just And then when Lily said she'd got an idea for a night out and Phoebe said, oh, what is it? Lily said, oh, I'll have to check it out first. It didn't sound like a bowling thing. It sounded like a trip to Paris or something. I don't know. We, we're supposed to be bowled over with that. Mm-hmm. Ten pin bowling, yeah. Uh, yes. I wasn't aware that Alice and Phoebe were friends. There's a big age difference, isn't there? About 10 years, I think. Have they ever been friends? Well, we just haven't heard women being friends on the Archers for, for a while. Yes, we've had Ruth and Usha going back, but that's really been it. We, they've always been a mixture of female and male voices. Had, so this um, does seem to be a new thing. We have Shula and Caroline. They were big mates, weren't they? Yes, but not these three friendship groups no. i haven't heard that before so no. i don't know i think it's just a new theme and we've got to buckle up and uh, prepare ourselves for more but no daniel welcome back it's yes. so good to have you back on and thank you for your call we look forward to your next call and uh, yes daniel did say he hoped that there was a payoff at the end of the week well i think kenton got a payoff <laughs> didn't he <laughs> Anyway, on to Catherine. That is a remarkable moment, listeners. <laughs> I know. Phil- Philippa being smutty. Enjoy it. I wasn't smutty. You you read into it the wrong way. <laughs> you were being smutty. Congratulations, morons. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go on to Catherine, who is unimpressed with Kenton and Jolene. Well, it's Catherine ringing up at one in the morning or something. I've made the mistake of feeling sorry for the cat and letting him stay in, only for him to want to go out at one thirty. Anyway, to try and get back to sleep, I've listened to the archers from Thursday night, and oh my God, that business with Kenton and Jolene, and how rude they were to everybody. Yet again, people in the archers being blunt and rude to people, um, particularly to, um, oh, the Professor Jim, whatever. How rude just to say, no, that's ditched and roll around. And then that awful sexy bit, Jesus, that was grim, wasn't it? Um, uh, also, Jazza saying love in that way and that awful dialogue, the sort of ping pong thing, oh, that was terrible. And why does anybody want to spend Valentine's Day with a load of weirdos from their local village? Very strange. Anyway, the funny thing is, was after lying in bed thinking, oh, Jolene's accent is the worst in the whole cast. She sounds like she's from Cornwall or something, not from the Midlands. Really strange rural accent she puts on. And I think about that. I was thinking, isn't that strange that the vicar's everywhere, isn't he? And he's doing lots of vicaring and going around visiting uh, uh, Boozy Alice and going around visit Chris. And then transpires it wasn't the vicar after all. It was Harrison. Big plot twist, isn't it? That uh, the Boozy vicar um, and Harrison, they're now interchangeable because they've kind of got northern accents and actually Harrison is becoming holier than Shula because he's actually putting his faith into action and doing stuff so we've got Shula has got God and then Harrison who I thought was the vicar he's got God as well and then Martha will be baptized and then Chris will realize that he loves Alice and get back with her which we all know is going to come and please, somebody, why is Jolene's accent so crap? And why is Valentine's a community event? See you all. <laughs> I love your calls. I'm sorry you were awake at 1am, but if you want to get back to sleep, don't don't listen to the archers, because especially this week. That I mean, what was this week supposed to teach us? That the script writers can have bad weeks too? That most of the cast had COVID and there was some... Last minute rewriting? I, I don't know. Do the cast WhatsApp each other and say, have you seen the script this week? Prepare yourself. I bet I, they do. 
I bet they do. Can you imagine think- the, the chat between um, Jolene and Kenton, the actors, oh. in that scene? <laughs> I, I mean... I just wanted to throw up with that scene. It's like because they're they feel like they're my family, and I don't want to hear it. It's just not needed yeah. at all. It was just very traumatic. And because you made me redo that bit in the in the introduction, I had to listen to that scene a couple of times extra, Quentin. So thank thank you for that. You, you, perform, think, you, you performed it with great gusto. Thank you sarcasm anyway i think the week was supposed to just teach us that lily's moving on phoebe isn't tom is a prat chris is moving on and harrison is jesus that's what i think but if someone could have just saved us the torture and just delivered that in a in a sentence why doesn't the bull just do a dine in or dine out box so they could deliver food because no not everyone wants to go out for valentine's night so you could have a box of food sent home nicely cooked with a candle in it some chocolate bottle of fizzy alcoholic or non-alcoholic drink i don't know why don't they do that that's initiative surely nobody can be bothered to go out why don't they just leave it alone do nothing really why why are they doing it so early and this as catherine said this group valentine's idea i mean it's meant to be an intimate night isn't it (laughs) you're not not meant to be doing forfeits and favors and mirror dancing and god knows what I mean, ridiculous. <laughs> that um, high kick, though, of Kenton's, that was ridiculous. I mean, it was such a slow setup. We all knew what was happening. I mean, I didn't know what would ha- happen in the end when, anyway, let's not think mm. about that. But, you know, it was so obvious it was going to injure himself. Oh, don't do it. You'll have an injury. Oh, don't do it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, oh, yes, he did. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Catherine again picking up on the, the point that I made just now that Harrison does seem to be adopting the dog collar very willingly with all his pastoral visits to uh, Chris and and Alice um, and she has deemed him holier than Shula but at least he's getting on with it seems to be Catherine's mm. point which is a, a yeah, good point mm. um, she's very uh, concerned isn't she about Jolene's accent this strange rural accent and I don't know where it actually comes from it is I mean to be fair Fallon her daughter does sound have a similar accent so uh, I think so, that's the least of our problems this week, to be honest, with everything else we had to put up with. <laughs> well, and Jolene has been touring the country with her singing career, so she correctly could have picked up a whole range true. of accents. But as Catherine says, they were so rude. I mean, these yeah. poor people come in, the legs people will go to for a free Valentine's ticket. I I didn't understand that at all. I, yeah, no. it was like Dragon's Den, but awful dragon's den and we're in thank you Catherine. thank you i hope, I hope you get a better night's sleep um she, she's she's gone soft on her cat at the moment because he's a bit ill so i think you Aww. need to boot him out Catherine. get a good night's sleep oh, but, poor cat but at least she's calling in fantastic isn't it one o'clock in the morning yes <laughs> we do we do appreciate it it's are we going to be hearing about valentine's then Every yep. week until Valentine. No, oh, please, yeah. no. It's, an, it's please. another. The, it's another. The mysteries, just dra- dragging it out. Yeah. Oh, dear, oh dear. Yeah. Well, Catherine, thank you. That was an absolutely super cool. And now we go on to our Stephen, who has a flat prediction. Hello, you two. Stephen here with an observation, and not one but two plot predictions. When Tom and Chris were arguing about who should have the flat over the shop, I was reminded of a similar argument about thirteen years ago between a Bridge Farm archer and a carter. Back then it was Neil and Tony arguing over whether Chris or Helen should have the same flat. 
It all got quite messy, but in the end Helen was the winner, so 1-0 to Bridge Farm in 2009. Chris has now levelled the score against Tom. So here's my first plot prediction. For maybe 2042, the flat will become available once more, and we'll find Tom and Chris arguing over it again. This time with Chris arguing for Martha to have it, and Tom arguing on behalf of number one. Incidentally, I think that naming your children number one and number two is very likely to get them teased at school. But who am I to argue with Tom and Natasha? Anyway, for my second plot prediction, I think that in perhaps, I don't know, 2055, we'll have Martha herself getting into an argument over who should have the flat with number two. Anyway, you heard it here first. Bye. Wow, that's that's some plot prediction, isn't it? Fantastic. 2042 and 2055 did he come up with. (laughs) It's brilliant. I mean, that's what we need. That's a prediction. Well, let's hope we're all still around to see if it comes to fruition. We need to be <laughs> we need to be June Spencers, don't we, to see if that comes up. But he's right. <laughs> it's just sort of on repeat. That's the great strength of the arch, isn't it? It's just <laughs> the great wheel goes round. So twenty forty two, Chris and Tom will be arguing over the flat on behalf of Martha and number one. Interesting, it reminded me that at school I was called Rainer Two, because of course I'm an identical twin. So oh, we were, were you? Distinguished by numbers, yeah. Rainer too. How, how oh, cold God. is that? Yes. Well, everybody was referred to by their surnames, but um, I was Rainer wow. too. Yes. That's very yes. personable, isn't it? Yeah. It, has, it hasn't scarred me. It hasn't scarred me. <laughs> Not much, by the sound. Not much. Why were you Rainer too? Were you the, the second one to be born? Or yes. Why were you yes. Rainer one? This is a huge bone of contention for me. Um, and the shortened version is that um, two into one doesn't go when twins are being born. I was in the lead and apparently I got pushed back so that my brother then came out first. So basically I've been denied my birthright. It doesn't rankle. It doesn't rankle. The five minute difference does not make any difference at all. No, no. Hang on. I'm just booking in a counselling session with, with a spoon as as we talk. <sighs> yeah, that's true. And <clears throat> If you bung in a bottle of serum as well, that'd be even better. <laughs> Not that price. <laughs> you were done. You were taken in. I was completely out of it. I wouldn't have paid anything. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Okay, anyway, let's get back to this because, yes, Stephen's prediction. When I heard Tom going round, I just thought, what an utter twasic, an understanding they'd have first refusal. What is Tom on about? Uh, I just I know. and then I know. it was Chris. He apologised. Yes. Why? Tom, I mean, Tom was basically gaslighting Chris. I'm sorry if you thought I was pressurising you. Mm. You you were, and poor Martha was crying, and Tom just stood there, not even. Oh, do you need help? Can I? Oh, it was awful. I was so cross with Tom. I really was. And he tapped him up for some advice about fatherhood. Yes. I mean, Chris was firm with Tom then, and I was like, wow, new Chris, great. And then draw a breath, and he's off saying sorry. Oh, no. No, no, no. I can't be doing with that. And that sort of thing really annoys people, and they pile on Twitter to say this. Is it, yeah, bravo, Chris, you know, for standing up to to Tom and all his entitlement. And the next scene, he's apologising. So, you know, he's doffing his cap again. Mm. Ah, no need for it. No need at all. No, come on, Chris. Let's have strong Chris, please. But Stephen, you're right. Um, it's it's happened before, as you say, Neil and Tony arguing, and no doubt it will happen again because we seem to only have a limited number number of the accommodation sources in Ambridge actually 
accommodating people. Um, so, yes, marvellous. More predictions, Stephen, please. We love them. And now we need to go to Grey Whiskers, whose call made me weep for two reasons. Firstly, that he's back, so missed. And secondly, that he has, well, a very important story to share with us. Hello, it is old Grey Whiskers here. Now, I've not been around the village lately. Well, no more than Hillary notes and the like, what don't speak much. Anyway, truth is, I've been doing like what young Alice Carter has been through. But I haven't had that rehabilitation stuff. Anyway, I've had help from young Mrs. Grey Whiskers and some very good friends from the village and that there interweb. And I'm doing a lot better now. And I hope that Alice will come through because sounds like she will lately. Anyway, seriously, without the stupid voice, if any of your listeners can relate to this, please try to get help from your family, your friends, your GP, or any of the many online services or the social media groups. We know what it's like. Ask for help. Alice did. Signing off. Old Grey Whiskers. I hope to speak to you again soon. Bye to my friends. Oh, Grey Whiskers. Um, I am so pleased to hear from you again. Um, I was so moved to hear your voice after, what, about two years? And so sorry to hear what you've been going through, but you're being so brave and open with us. And it's a lesson to to all of us to, you know, to get help, not just to sort of sit back. Um, and I'm just so pleased and proud to hear of the progress that you've made through Mrs. Grey Whiskers and, and friends and um, just sending you the hugest hug uh, through the airwaves, through the pod waves. And please call back in again. You are much missed and uh, it's good to hear from you. Indeed, Grey Whiskers. It's a great pleasure for me. It's the first time I've uh, ever had the, the pleasure of your company. So um, lovely to hear you, Grey Whiskers. And uh, Philippa was absolutely thrilled to bitch when she said, look who's called in, look who's called in. So Please call in again. You were clearly speaking from the heart with some experience and um, uh, and I'm sure people who are affected will listen carefully to your words, but essentially it is talk and get help, which we have been pressing very much throughout the Alice storyline. And the other thing we keep pushing is for those families and those affected to get in touch with organisations like mm. Al-Anon, which clearly Chris still doesn't seem to be aware of, which is very frustrating. So delighted to hear that you're, you're on the mend, Grey Whiskers, and delighted to hear you again on Dumpty Dum. So please call in again. Yes, absolutely. Can't wait for your for your next call. And next we go to Tracy. This is the first call from Tracy because somehow the settings on SpeakPipe change from two minutes max to no maximum whatsoever. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> Obviously a fault at our end, uh, not Tracy's at all. So Tracy, apologies. We split your call into two. Because there, so no there was no stopping her, was there? She was on a roll. <laughs> she had things to say and things we need to hear. So, yes, here is the first part of Tracy's call. Hello, this is Tracy coming from Oakland, California. And I have been listening to The Archers since I lived in England back in 2000 and. Two, I want to say that's when I became addicted to the archers. So I am a long time 
Ambridge lover, Ambridgeophile. <laughs> um, the last episode really irritated me. First of all, Natasha is so obnoxious and so inconsiderate. And even Tom not thinking about how rude it is to pack their stuff up there. You know, it's like they, the Tom and Natasha have zero empathy for how their presence might make other people feel. They don't seem to have a sense that they're really guests, even though they're family, they are not residents, which makes them guests. And, you know, you want to tread lightly, but they don't even think about that. Even Natasha showing up with 8,000 bags. It's like, uh uh-uh, sweetie, you need to put some of that in storage and, you know, halfway live out of your suitcase um, and, you know, minimize because you're in someone else's house. Um, And they are still newlyweds. So I don't understand why she doesn't tread lightly. And also her behavior was pretty obnoxious. It comes out um, from time to time. So she'll be cruising along and doing fine. But the next thing you know, she's already um, she's snapping at somebody like she did with Fallon and and like she did with um, Pat. She was pretty foul. And Pat was well within her rights to be like, we feel like guests in our own home, basically, because her son and his wife were just inconsiderate. So that's A. And I never liked Tom anyway. Um, he's he's irritating. And and one of the tendencies on the shows, and this is the writers, is to for people to have conversations and folks like either cut people off or leave, you know, while they're in the middle of the conversation. And I don't know. British people never seem to be that rude to me. But I don't know. Maybe that's a generalization. I'm sure some of them do that, but I don't know. You know, the British tiptoeing around conversations was always my experience. But maybe that's just because I'm American. <laughs> She's getting a lot off her chest. Tracy, uh, please come on again. Your your turns of phrase are magnificent. Uh, <laughs> Ambridgeophile. That's a new one on us. <laughs> uh, 8,000 bags. Er, Sweeney, no way. I love all that. Yeah. Um, and her last point about those interrupted conversations mm. is exactly the point. I hope you've heard our Stephen Fry special, Tracy, because that's exactly the point that Stephen Fry makes. And what he finds so maddening about the archers is exactly that. Mm. Somebody's got something really important to say and somebody, the other characters, is just uh, completely preoccupied by something really mundane like making a cup of tea or opening a packet of biscuits, which in Philip's case would be more important, I grant you. But... Um, <laughs> So yeah, that's that's spot on, and um, yeah, we Brits. I don't think those are realistic. I think even us Brits, with our reserve and our distance and goodness, with those ones tiptoeing around things, as you suggested, do like to get to the nub of things. Normally, I can't stand it when I can't actually focus on the subject at hand. So, but it seems to be exaggerated in the arches, and it is extremely annoying. And I think if you've tried three, four, five times as. Uh... Phoebe was trying to with Lily this week on the phone um, to to stop this torrent of information that we don't need to know about. I mean, uh, you know, a customer is entitled to say they're not sure whether to have blue or green tiles. Yeah, yeah, as I say, I'm not not a fan of Lily. It's like the script writers gone off from research kitchen design and thought, I'm going to throw everything I found in into this conversation. <laughs> Whatever Phoebe says, Lily's just going to blurt it all out. And it's I, I can think of some funny gags with it. It's not funny. It's bloody irritating. So just the odd, the odd reference, then move on to what Phoebe wants to say. So I'm with but you on this, Tracy. Yeah. 
And if Phoebe had tried that many times to stop the conversation, if it was me at the end of that, I'd just say, you, you know what, I'm not, I can't even be bothered to tell you what I was going to tell you because uh, <laughs> I just, I just don't want to now. Put the phone down. Goodbye. So yeah, absolutely, Tracy. Brutal. I completely agree. And Tom is irritating. Yes, he really is well, irritating. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's got, he's got a first class degree in annoyance, hasn't he? And she finds um, Natasha obnoxious. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty much with you, Tracy. I, I'm not a big fan of Natasha. I know you are, Philip. I, I think am. I think I think Natasha's not not a nice piece of work, really. But she's an interesting character, and we all agree that uh, it'd be great to see her develop. But uh, I think she's pretty obnoxious as well. Come on, Natasha is in a house with Tom, who she is married to, and her parents-in-law, who are Pat and Tony. I mean, it's the stuff of nightmares. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, it's terrible. They should they, they should never have asked. They should never have been accepted but they did just barge their way in with their eight thousand bags and um <laughs> put up bloody kitchen cabinets to put um, bathroom pat cabinets. stuff in pat stuff what did i say kitchen cabinet I'm yeah kitchen bathroom cabinet to put pat's <laughs> potions in i bet she doesn't have a 92 pound bottle of serum and, i don't think anybody else does Quentin. it's just you. Uh, uh, yeah they behaved appallingly and they wanted to fill the barn full of that crap no 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 trace's right on the money Please call in again. We're on the same wavelength here, Tracy. Do you think that spa have a photo of you, Quentin, with, you know, must invite this person to stay again. He's bought the only pot of serum that anybody's bought in the last 10 years. We did that really hackney, cliched thing. We're in one of the hot tubs outside. So we got a glass of champagne, you know. Oh my god! Did, did a selfie in the in the hot tub and completely tacky. But you you've got to do it, haven't you? Have you? So while I was running around, yeah, <laughs> kids, work, life, yeah. you were yeah. uh, bankrupt in a hot tub. <laughs> yes, yes, but with, with a, a glass of pop, with a beautiful serum on my. Uh, well, the serum came later. I'm obsessed by this serum. I think because I'm just really waking are. up to the appalling. I think you've realised the, yeah. Yeah, the mistake yeah. that you've yeah. made. But never mind, On onwards and upwards. Well, that well, photo will not be appearing on our Facebook group because it uh, is not very flattering of me. No yeah. comment. <laughs> we'll have some more of your calls in a moment. And more of Tracy, listen. fantastic, yeah. <clears throat> See, you're interrupting me now. You're Sorry. like You're Sorry. like Lily. I'm, I feel like I'm feeble. Yeah. You're very hurt so, by so, this. But if you're you? listening to this, thinking i'd like to record a message <laughs> wondering how to do it is how sounded a bit natasha like there right uh where are we oh well, here we are in the script the important bit because uh, we like to call ourselves the people's podcast don't we philippa yes and, we do. Um, without the calls you've heard so far and all the other calls we receive and emails and so forth um, we would be nothing uh, so whether you are a first time occasional or even a very regular caller in we love hearing from you. Now, the best way for you to record a message or a plot prediction is to go to speakpipe.com forward slash dumpty dum. Don't forget there's a T in the middle. And you'll also find a link in the show notes. It honestly is ever so easy. This link takes you straight there. You can have as many goes as you like. Nobody will know. Uh, so don't worry. And do also have a look at our pinned tweet on the Dumpty Dum Twitter account, and there you'll find all the details of how to leave us a message. We record normally at around uh, 12 noon on a Sunday. Please do get your calls in by then, and do keep your call to a maximum of two minutes. And don't forget the minimum age for contributors is 18. 
Now, we need your help. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button on your podcast app. And if you would please consider giving us a five-star review, it would be a huge help with the battle of the podcast algorithms. Next, if you can write a nice review, well, that helps even more. And we need to say a huge thank you. Thank you so much uh, to Karine or Karen, who left the loveliest review this week. Uh, Karen, thank you so much for taking the time to write such kind words. Honestly, it means the world. Thank you. Um, And finally, you could consider becoming a Patreon. Now, Patreon is a way of tipping creators and there are different levels with different rewards. If you just go to patreon.com and search for Dumpty Dum, you will find us there. And a new Patreon video went live this week. So let's go back to our calls. Next, we have Glyn, who is wondering what happened this week. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Glenn here. I don't normally ring in two weeks in a row, but it was such a strange week in the Archers, I was a little bit worried that Dumpty Dum might get very few calls this week. Of course, you could get a glut, but I'll throw in my two pennyworth anyway. Um, very, as I said, very strange week. Uh, we learned that Kenton is so risk averse that anything more energetic than sitting quietly sipping half a pint of Shire's uh, in the ball is deemed far too dangerous. Um, I do wonder what he's done with the dance team, um, with the line dancing upstairs, um, with any other activity that involves um, standing up. Um, the stories with Chris and Alice, obviously, it's still, I think, a work in progress. And um, Harrison uh, also, Harrison and God also a work in progress. So I'll, I'll, I'll leave those. Um, a sort of general observation on January so far, there's been a lot of coming, a lot of comings and goings and a lot of um, new starts, fresh starts. Um, I wonder whether this is sort of subtly preparing us for some fairly radical reshaping of the, of the Archer's characters over the next year. Well, time alone will tell. So um, stay safe, everybody. Thank you, as ever, for the podcast and have a great week in Ambridge. Bye. Oh, thanks, Glenn. We want you calling in every week, please. No, you can't say uh, you you shouldn't call in twice uh, in two weeks. Every week is wonderful and you sound much more positive this week. So that's good to hear as well. Yeah, Kenton was so... He's obviously obviously got the serum, hasn't he? (laughs) So are you ever going to talk going on about, are you going to get your money's worth out of <laughs> mentioning it forever? I mean, you know, for Kenton to say at the end, it'll be the best Valentine's Day ever. We know that disaster looms for that. Yes. I don't understand why there had to be this formal pitch going on. Why not just put a, a, a bowl on the bar and say, you know, put a suggestion card in it of different ideas and Leonard's game with the counter. I was really involved. I was really up for it when he started talking about it. It's like, yeah, this sounds great. And then I just got so confused between red, yellow, blue yeah. counters and other, ca- I don't know. And mm-hmm. Kenton pulling the leg muscle, as we said, it's, it's ridiculous, but they loved the idea but then they ditched it just because of the dancing risk. And the only dancing risk was Kenton being a fool. But it's clearly going to happen, isn't it, Philippa? Because Jolene's going to give him nookie every night up until Valentine's. She's set on the idea. And I know it's going to make you blush, Philippa, but that is the case. 
Well, I don't want to hear it. I don't. I, no, can Valentine? If there's anything that's going to be put me off Valentine's Day, it's it's this. Well, I want to hear no more of it. Can it not be mentioned again? You've, you've got. Late, it's going to be every week. I'm, I'm warning you. It, it, no. It's a, it, it's a it's an episode filler, isn't it? I'm scarred now by hearing the word chili wherever I go. I mean, I can't eat that now when I go out because I just you know if if you're an Archer's fan, you yeah. you just can't. And now Valentine's Day, I'm scarred from that and as well. And mirror dancing, figs have been ruined fig, as well. Fig rolls have been ruined. Yeah. Uh, you know, what yeah, well, that was by Sue last on? week. That was by mm. Sue. But Glyn spots a lot of. Fresh starts, lots of toing, comings and goings, and he thinks we're being prepared for radical changes in Ambridge. And um, probably not radical, nothing radical ever happens quickly in, the, in Ambridge, does it? But gradual uh, and incremental changes. And yeah, pick, picking up what you said before, uh, Philippa, uh, they seem to be developing certain types of friendships and relationships, don't they? So Arglin is rarely wrong, so he's probably spotted a trend here. Actually, yeah, now the more I think about it, the more I can I see that Glint's right because when we've had weird weeks, as we have had, um in the weeks after, not even longer term, but in the weeks after, then there is some movement things happen and, and then we say to ourselves, Oh, it was worth going through that weird week because all of this has happened. So I wonder what the next few weeks will bring. Hmm. We will have to see. Glenn, thank you so much for your call. As always, we look forward to hearing from you again next week, please. And now we go to Caroline from Sydney, who is calling back after too long with some plot predictions. Hello, this is Caroline from Sydney calling in a in, which it has been a long, long, long time since I've done that. And I apologise, but here I am. Uh, A few things. First of all, I can't believe nobody last week called in to talk about how awful Pip and Josh were. Um, They're just disgraceful, particularly Pip, who is just vile beyond measure. Which leads me to one of my plot predictions, which is uh, you keep asking who Stella is going to hook up with. Well, the answer is obviously Pip. Uh, They started off by having an almighty row over nothing, and that is always the first story in a romantic comedy type thing. Um, And the reason that she's budding up with Ruth is so that she will actually get to spend a bit of time with Pip, and that will lead to a romance, poor Stella. Uh, And Stella is going to rent uh, the nest. Now Chris is moving out. And then Pip will move in with her and that will allow Josh to have the cottage. All of the musical chairs of the the housing in Ambridge continues. Um, And then my other plot prediction, which is probably a bit obvious as well, but uh, um, Alice, Alice, that's her name. Alice and Chris, of course, even if they do get divorced, they're going to end up back together again because they are just so well suited. That's it. It'll probably be another year or two before I call in again. But anyway, that's it from me. Bye. It better not be Caroline from Sydney. We love hearing from you. Two years. Mm -hmm. Quality call, that, Caroline. We must have some more from you. It's great to get a call from Australia in again as well. So um, it's far too long, Caroline. We will not permit that. So um, we expect you (laughs) to call in again very soon. Well, she's on your page, isn't she, Philippa? She thinks Pip is vile beyond measure. Yes, hurrah for Caroline. 
Yeah, right. Uh, she's right. There wasn't much comment. We we sort of skirted around it last week, but nothing detailed about how noxious Pip and Josh were. Uh, battling over the muted, what's it called? What's that? Paint? Muted flint, yeah. Muted so with, flint. with Mike putting them in their place, yeah. yeah. Pip, I, well, everyone knows I'm more of a fan of Josh, but Pip, I, I can't bear again entitlement and oh yeah, I'm yeah. with Caroline. Yes, um, but, but these yeah. predictions, Stella and Pip. Yeah, I know. It's what's called in the film industry a meet cute. You know, in other words. Uh, a meeting between two characters doesn't start off very well and then it turns into a romance. So she, I'd forgotten that. They had that big row, didn't they, when Pip yes. wanted Stella to move from sheep, sheep from a field and they had a big old standoff. Well, Stella wanted Pip to move them, yes. And Pip was like, yeah, I'll get round to it. Not happening yeah, Stella today. Wanted, yeah, that's right. Uh, Pip refused, didn't she? So now I'll do it tomorrow. Mm. Cara reckons that's what's going to trigger a romance between them. And she's only sort of getting friendly with Ruth so she can get friendly with Pip. I'm disturbed about this because, as I admitted last week, I've got a girl crush on Stella and I definitely don't have a girl crush on Pip. So I'm perturbed by that one. But right. Yeah, Chris and Alice getting back. What do you think about that? Well, it's what Catherine thinks as well. Um, yeah, I think it's going to happen, isn't it? Um, they'll go through the trauma of a divorce and just on the on the brink of signing, they'll pull back and um, there's too much between them, isn't there? But yes, I mean, I, I can I see mean, them getting back together, like Caroline says, but equally, since they've been together, that that's when Alice started going off possibly in the wrong direction. So maybe then, maybe their hearts want them to be together, but they're not, they shouldn't I, be together. So I, I think I, if I she gets know. back to her engineering roots, that'll give her much more focus uh, and will preoccupy her along as, as along with bringing up Martha. So, I think if she pursues those healthy pursuits, we we I could see them rebuilding. Well, if she's going to go back to aeroplane engineering, there isn't a great call for that in Ambridge. I I'm, I don't believe so. Unless we're going to hear these tortuous commutes even longer than Adam had to put up with, then she's going to disappear for a while if her career dreams come true. Well, it's quite a way to Bristol, isn't it? That's a, that's the nearest aeronautic yes. industry I can think of. Um, also, but, Caroline has these questions. I've got questions. What is in Jim's miscellaneous accounts book? We'll never know. And is Tracy mm. going to become a financial advisor? Because suddenly she seems very keen to set out budgeting to Jazza. I don't know. More questions, more predictions. But Caroline, a wonderful call. Uh, yes, as Quentin says, you please don't leave it another few years. Uh, we love to hear from you and look forward to welcoming you back soon. And now we need to go to Tracy once more, who this is the second part of her call, and she sees the need for some straight talking in Ambridge. Hazel, oh my gosh, she's so obnoxious. Peggy being like, oh, Hazel, I'm so sorry. All these years, it's all my fault that I, we've gotten into kerfuffles. It's like, look, lady, no, it is not. Hazel is awful. And then Hazel being like, no one wants me around. Of course, nobody wants you around. I don't know why nobody just came out and said, no, we don't want you around. And, um, your behavior is awful. You're passive aggressive. You're rude. You kicked people out of their house on Christmas time and made a fuss about somebody working from home. When who who does that hurt? 
you just wanted the flat and you manipulated the situation. Then you had the audacity to ask the little old man to take your groceries up like he's some kind of Sherpa. And you're wondering why nobody wants to be bothered with you. You lack self-awareness and you don't have any concept of um, the fact that your behavior has consequences. You've behaved terribly. So no, nobody wants you around. And if you really want to, and if you were really concerned about being liked, you would never have behaved the way that you do. So knock it off. <laughs> That's I don't understand why nobody is coming at her like that instead of being like, oh, Hazel, no, no, wait a minute. That's like, forget that. No, Hazel, we don't like you because you're terrible and you need to knock it off. But I doubt very seriously that's going to come out on the archers. <laughs> I always wish, I always wish they could have like a guest on the archers where like maybe I could just move there and open a bookstore, and when somebody needs a dose of reality, they could just call me. <laughs> Wouldn't that be hilarious? Everybody, <laughs> everybody would fall out. Oh Lordy B. Anyway, um, that's my time. I just thought I'd share. <laughs> Uh, I'm definitely enjoying the podcast. Thank you for uh, keeping everybody's spirits up and giving me a, a place where I can bond with other archers lovers. All right. Ta-ta. <laughs> Ta-ta. Tracy, thank you for that call. You mentioned the word bookstore and I am in. I love the idea of that. If you open the bookstore and you provide the opinions, please can I be your bookstore assistant? Because, yeah. I would love that. I'd, I'd be in my element, wouldn't I, Quentin? You certainly would. In fact, we'd never see you again, Philippa. Once you're in a bookshop, you never come <laughs> out. And, uh, well, God, we need Tracy. We need another Tracy in Ambridge, don't we? Because this Tracy from <laughs> Oakland, California is just brilliant. Um, she says, just call me for advice. I think we need a ballsy yank, really, to stride in there and just <laughs> tell Hazel, as Tracy said, knock it off. And... <laughs> But nobody um, does, do they? And no, I suppose that's no. what we love that, to hear people. Well, that's uh, why thinking Tra it, but not saying it. That's why Tracy's so frustrated with us Brits, uh, <laughs> and she's been inflicting this on herself for twenty years, as she said before. So, yeah, um, set up your bookshop, uh, Tracy. Pop over, give us a dose of reality, and then when you have to knit back to California, Philip will be there to run it for you afterwards. Please phone in Perfect. again because you're hilarious. <laughs> yes, thanks, Tracy. Thanks very much. And now we go to Helen from Rotherham, who's calling in defence of Amy and with concerns about Harrison. Hello, Philippa Quentin and everybody in Dumpty Dumland. It's Helen from Rotherham here. Um, just calling in to, uh, well, firstly, to stand up for Amy um, after the whole Homegirl Shade debate of last week. And I've seen a lot online as well. Um just because when I heard it, I didn't bat an eyelid because that's kind of the way that I would speak to my friends. I'm 28 and, I mean, I'm certainly not street or cool or down with the kids because, you know, I'm an Archer's listener, for goodness sake. Um, but we would speak like that in jest, which is how, I mean, I re-listened to it and it's certainly how it came across, as Amy was saying it. She wasn't taking herself seriously when she was saying it. She wasn't really thinking that she was like street or whatever when she was saying it she was she was kind of making fun of herself um and that's what, anyway how I saw it so secondly um Harrison so wanting to get um Christendor baptized as an adult I got baptized as an adult for two reasons firstly because the type of church that I um have been brought up in baptized as adults um 
and and not children and secondly because it was a declaration of my faith and that's why they do it they want it to be a conscious decision that you make for yourself not that your parents make for you um and so this thing with harrison kind of makes me feel uncomfortable because when i got baptized it was me declaring my faith and harrison is questioning his faith perhaps and that's fine you know whatever he wants to do but i certainly don't think he's at the point of making any declarations about his faith and commitment to God or anything like that. And so I feel that if he was to be baptised, he would be saying things that weren't necessarily true. And I just don't know if, how I, you know, whether I think that that's the right thing for him to do. But anyway, that's my thoughts. Have a great week. Thank you for the podcast. Bye. Well, that's very interesting, Helen from Rotherham. Great to hear from you again. And the fact that you've had personal experience of being baptised as an adult which is, is, is a very interesting perspective. You know, you're right, you know, as, as a baby, you've got no choice about this. It's not a conscious decision. And, and there's almost an argument for suggesting that we should, as adults, choose to be baptised when we understand it all. Um, I've never thought mm. of it like that. And as you said, it becomes a declaration of faith when you are an adult and you've decided on your own to be baptised. Um, and you you... Are right also that he's really at the beginning of all this and he's currently discovering and exploring his faith and he's not at the position to declare his faith so maybe they're accelerating this too quickly and they need to slow down and i hadn't thought of that and that is a very interesting point so he's a long way off from being become becoming ordained. <laughs> I think Harrison will have to talk to Alan before he can proceed anyway. Um, so hopefully, you know, there'll, there'll be a journey there. Faith seems more explosive than politics on the archers. So uh, it's interesting seeing all the different views on, on this. But I yes. want to talk about Fallon's reaction as well. Um, you know, Helen very uh, correctly raises the issue of, of Harrison and, and his journey. But... Fallon's reaction surprised me because when does she ever say, Harrison, I trust you, I support you? You know, first of all, when they were getting together, she was going on about how he has money and he had an ISER and um, she felt inadequate about that. Then going on about babies and she didn't want to have babies. And, oh, did that mean, you know, he didn't want to be with her? The Alice kiss, she reacted the same way. She, for some time, blamed Harrison now his spiritual quest at no point is she saying yeah I, I you know I support you um it's not like he's trying to research being a You're right, armed because, robber or something because she she confessed to Jolene that her main concern was because she doesn't believe in God that they would it would possibly lead to them breaking up because there would yeah. be a difference and she does this all faith. the time and yeah. Jolene's advice was, was uh, oh, well, don't mention it. Don't talk about it. It'll go away. Great it's passing, advice, Jolene. Pass, yeah. Passing phrase. Passing <laughs> yeah. phrase, yes. And, well he done, got, he, and he got knocked, didn't he, when um, Fallon just joked about, oh, he looks so sweet in a christening gown. And he said, he didn't see the joke. He says, it's important to me. Or mm. is this just a joke to you? So she's rather glib and a bit. It's funny because sometimes she can be a really good, solid friend with some depth and other times she's really shallow yes but then when alice was um you know in in the center of all alice's troubles fallon detached herself from that friendship um so yeah i'm not i'm not a fan of fallon this week i I have to say yeah i agree uh, agree. helen has called back and she's got another little quick call for us 
Hello again, it's Helen from Rotherham, just with a little aside to my earlier call. Um, just wondering if anybody else had visions conjured up in their minds of Tom and the Bridge Farm crew with like fake moustaches and silly disguises um, when he said that they were planting the beans undercover um, or whether that was just, just my mind. Um, anyway, have a great week. Bye. Anything that disguises Tom, Helen, must be a good idea. So I'm, I'm all for it. So if you don't have to put up with a real Tom, then this is a this is an excellent proposition. <laughs> Please do call in again, Helen. Lovely to hear from you. And now we have Vicky Cole. Vicky Cole is back with us. Hooray. Hooray. And she has a lot to catch us up on. Hello, everyone. Uh, this is Vicky Cole. It's months and months and months since I last called in, and I'm so sorry. Um, we have just been really, really busy, and I've never really caught up with either the archers or with Dumpty Dum. Um, we finished uh, posting in Sri Lanka, so we had to pack and up and leave there. We bought a house in the UK, needed setting up, and we've just moved to Vienna. Um, so now we're trying to get settled there. It's all been going on. Um, I wanted to call in after the mysteries, actually, but I got behind again. I, I found them really good, really moving, beautifully acted, um, very, very moving. Um, but since then, really, I think it's all been a bit silly, as it often is at the moment. Um, all this nonsense about the Valentine's Day at the Bull. Tom is just driving me up the wall, although unexpectedly I found him being a inspector of police in an old silent witness yesterday. A bit disconcerting. He wasn't much good at that either. Um, what's he thinking about wanting the flat over the shop with twins? Has he no idea? Um, and giving relationship advice to Chris. I mean, he's not got the best record, has he? Um, and I found the night out, the girls' night out with Phoebe and Alice and Lily a bit weird. Um, that Alice is much older than Phoebe and Lily, I think, isn't she? So does she not have anybody her age? Does she not have any friends her own age? Um, and there they all were, and none of them seemed to be going anywhere much. And certainly Phoebe and Alice have had a a lot of education and it just seems a shame that they are all a bit stuck anyway hopefully now i've made the move to call in um i will get back on track and i'll speak to you again soon thanks to the podcasts they're always lovely um particularly the stephen fry one that was magnificent okay take care everyone stay safe bye Oh, Vicky, how lovely to hear from you. Thank you so much. And Vienna, my goodness, wonderful to to hear from you when you when you're in Vienna. That sounds um well it sounds lovely. I hope I hope it is. Yes, Tom, why giving advice to Chris and and yeah, at the age difference with Alice and Lily and Phoebe uh, and this revelation 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 even that Lily's going to be studying rural estate management. I don't know. I just I I was trying to remember what degree she was doing at university. Can you remember, Quentin? I was looking. Um, how to go out with a man twenty years younger, older than you, something like that. See, I was thinking it was English, but I can't, I can't find any information. So I'm sure everyone will crowd onto Facebook and say, "Oh, Philip was wrong; uh, she was doing a degree in this." But it just seems quite a change, and that she's definitely going to be Ambridge based if that if that's what she's well, doing. She's running low on Oxy by the sounds of it, if she's studying that. Mm, and where does Freddie fit in? Um, my life is so dull compared to Vicky's. Sri Lanka. Bit in, bit in the UK and then Vienna. Wow, what a, what a colourful, glamorous life Vicky Vicky leads. And she's got a lovely voice too, so I want you to call in again, Vicky. You've been far too long. And uh, we you, you, you make some great points as well. 
Um, yeah, it's all a bit silly, as Vicky said. It's become a bit silly. Uh, Tom is driving her up the wall. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> and then she finds him in a character in another drama. I and he's know. Equally I'm intrigued. I'd like to know which episode <laughs> that was so I can see it and groan. <laughs> Do you reckon that's, that's in his... Uh, his CV can play useless characters uh, <laughs> with with a heavy dose of infuriation. Yeah. <laughs> oh, let's go for Tom Archer. Um, Tom's advice to Chris seemed to be hurry up, fill in those forms, then you can have a clean break because that's what it's all about. I should have done that with Kirsty, and that's why she was hurt. That seemed to be the gist, didn't it, of his advice to Chris? To be honest, I kind of blank out when Tom's speaking now just to try and protect myself from the pain of listening. Oh, it's, uh, but I yes, did, that is that is. I have, I have actually typed down the exact words. Oh, How dedicated no. is that? That's essentially what he said. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> I, did, I, I didn't have the guts to face up to things, he said. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's true because off he escaped instead of facing up to Kirsty and all, all that went on there. Um, but mm. still, slightly different circumstances and the fact that he was trying to get Chris to let him have the flat back, even still with all of us shouting at Tom that the flat is precisely the wrong place to bring up twins. I mean, can you imagine? Anyway, there we go. Yeah. And also Don't get Vic- me started on that. And Vicky's not convinced, is she, by this friendship between Alice and Phoebe either? So no. that seems to be no, manufactured out of nowhere. Oh, it's a mad week. Yes, you can send a text to 07957 167696. Remember, if you're texting from outside the UK to add a plus 44, or if you prefer to send an email, visit the dumptydum.com website. Don't forget the T in the middle, dumptydum.com website, and click the Contact Us tab at the top of the page. Uh, Do get your calls, emails, and texts in by just before 12 noon on Sunday as we record at midday UK time. Remember, you need to be 18 or over to submit any views or comments. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit UH1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. And so we go from our caller in to our email and texter in And our first email is from Martin from Sheffield. 
Subject, Home Girl Shade Gate, an alternative view. On the Amy Home Girl storyline, cringeful, certainly, and quite strange, but I initially felt that Amy had her tongue firmly in her cheek. The point was that she had just confronted someone who appeared to be trolling Alice verbally on the dog walk. My initial reaction was that it showed some balls to do this. There was no messing about. She just confronted the perpetrator and called them out. Moreover, there is the slightly more serious issue here, which is the spectre of casual racism. Amy perhaps would have experienced such behaviour from many people in her life, maybe even in hospital, and had to devise her own strategies for dealing with these idiots. Maybe this storyline will be the slow burner that we've been praying for. After all, we still don't really know why Amy left her job. There's a great character in there, and maybe we just saw a glimpse of her. Well, thank you very much indeed for that, uh, Martin. And uh, yeah, mm. good point about Amy. I think yeah, um, mm, we don't. Very good point. We do. Why did she leave Nottingham? I mean, it's it's a, quite a career to give up uh, to to walk um, the two hounds that are in Ambridge. Um, so yeah, we we need to uh, keep a check on that. Uh, that uh, the troller was uh, Sabrina Thwaite, wasn't it, in the background giving yes. evil looks towards? I think there were more towards Alice. I sense than towards Amy. But um, she wasn't having it, was she? No, and I can I can see actually that uh, Martin, Martin's right about the casual racism that Amy would unfortunately experience. One presumes um, in her life and, yeah. and when she was working in the hospital. So, yeah, maybe um, she was right to stand up, and she's sort of she's channeling Tracy, the caller in her as well, with with that for Mar- holding people yeah. to account. And Martin makes the same point about uh, Amy talk, you know, getting down with the kids and talking all street. He, he like Helen, thought it was tongue-in-cheek. And actually, on reflection, it, it probably was. He probably, probably wasn't saying it seriously. Uh, are we saying that w- we as listeners to The Archers sometimes overreact to things yeah. that we hear? No, I no, think, it, I think it we can't som- be. sometimes get things wrong. Well, now we've got a message from Mark and Mark says, hello, while not wanting to seem easily offended by the lighthearted musings on the archers and fully aware that you are reflecting wider discussions being had by fans. I just wanted to flag up an issue with the recent chat about Stella and Ruth. I think Stella probably has been introduced as a lesbian character in the village, but I'm concerned that her decision to reach out and connect with another woman involved in farming in the community she's recently moved to is being misinterpreted. The idea that there must be an ulterior motive Motive for Stella becoming friends with Ruth perpetuates the homophobic narrative that gay and lesbian people are predatory and can't simply be friends with those of the same gender. I fully appreciate that the discussions on this have all been in good humour and not meant to offend. However, given that there doesn't seem to be any creditable evidence to suggest this is a storyline the scriptwriters are seriously pursuing, it may be worth discussing why fans are gravitating towards a negative stereotype when introduced to a potentially lesbian character in the village, Mark. Mark, yeah, um, certainly there has been a reaction and I I understand that. I think where a lot of us are coming from is more about Ruth, that we can't comprehend that Ruth has more than one friend um, and that normally we're just, you know, used to having Ruth wind us up on a a regular basis. So for me, and I've already said I've got this girl crush on Stella, it wasn't... um, about Stella being a predator. And we do need to be mindful that that we don't let that happen. But that certainly wasn't my intention. And uh yeah, I'm sorry if I've if I've um 
let that be the, sort of the case because that's that's not the place that I'm coming from at all. Yeah, but let's break down the barriers and and let's let's not jump to conclusions, says she who jumps to conclusions at the first sign of a conclusion to be jumped to. <laughs> Well, Mark, thank you. Yes, interesting take on this potential storyline. And I'm I'm glad you acknowledge that all the discussions have been in good humour and not intended to offend. And I I think it's high time we had a fully-fledged lesbian character in Ambridge, and we've regularly praised Stella's character on here. Uh, The truth is, isn't it, that most of us have a bit of Susan in us and enjoy a bit of wink-wink, nudge-nudge, you know what I mean? And the uh, Stella-Ruth dynamic falls into that, I feel. Us lot gossip and speculate about any liaisons that may be blossoming around Ambridge, be it Neil and Shula, Rex and Pip, Rex and Kirsty, Rex and Phoebe, Rex and anybody, frankly. <laughs> um, I don't think highlighting the great length Stella was going to to meet up with Ruth for the slightest of reasons implies gay and lesbian people are predatory, only that Stella seems rather smitten by her. I mean, mean, where collectively we have come down on predatory sexual behaviour is in relation to Russ and his highly questionable (laughs) relationship with Lily, which started while she was in the sixth form. And alarm bells have since been rung with his encounters with Chelsea, which thankfully have been entirely innocent so far. And I mean, who knows, perhaps you'll you'll be proved right and it just ends up with Stella and Ruth just being friends. But dramatically, it won't be as interesting, though, will it? I really don't think Stella is keen on Ruth. I I do disagree with that. That's not my take on it at all. I just think we're not used to hearing female friendships. And that's why we're all like, what? What's going on there? There's, there's women talking to each other? Something something must be up. Anyway, thank you very much for, for that. And we will, uh, we will keep checking ourselves. Um, and now we have a text message from the lovely Adam Hickford who has something he has to admit to us. Yes, come into the confessional, Adam. Uh, He says, hello, you two, it's Adam Hickford. I think the time has come to out myself as a kitchen designer. (laughs) The Lily work references are getting increasingly silly. She talks like she's selling double glazing. You can't sell kitchens in the detail she talks about just over the phone. You have to go and measure up, discuss requirements, draw plans, meet in the design studio. Jenny's Albion could not be done without that, and that part is the best creative bit, which is actually rewarding. If, on the other hand, Lily really is in a call centre, all she would be doing is booking appointments for someone else to visit, so she wouldn't get dragged into details about taps. If she's bored with people who worry about hinge specs, it's time for something else, as she's forgotten that they are spending thousands of pounds on people who don't live for free in stately homes do worry about that commitment. Thanks for the opportunity to vent and keep up the fine work. Thank you very much, Adam. And you keep up your fine tweeting as well and your emailing. Um, mm. Yeah, he's, I thought she loved her job. I mean, what's happened? I mean, only a few weeks ago, she was saying how much she loved it. And all of a sudden, she's moaning about it and heading off to Felbersham University to escape it. Yes, and- we've not heard that before. No, she hated it. So I no, no, but it's the reason why to push her now onto this course of rural estate management. And yeah. you know, when she was moaning, it was precisely what Adam was saying uh, about the chap who yes. wanted his kitchen tiles to be uh, whether they should should be a pretentious shade of silky blue or pompous shimmering green. This is from a woman who lives with Russ, who couldn't be more pretentious. 
But I didn't know that Adam Hickford was uh, a kitchen designer. Adam, this is oh, I've got so many questions. I don't know. I don't know where to start. I feel we need more information, Adam. On uh, yes, on, on well, just everything. I'm just fascinated by that. But yeah, Lily was. Oh, she was so ir- the whole week was irritating, but uh, yeah. it's good to, to. And Adam's right; it does seem that Lily probably works in the call centre because they're a sales team. So why is she getting dragged into all these bizarre discussions? And surely she'd be grateful that people are willing to spend money, as Adam says. So yeah, Adam loved your message. Thank you so much. Do contact us again. Yes, please. So thank you for your calls and emails and texts. We love them. Do keep them all coming in. And next we need to say congratulations. I should have some special wedding music, but I but I don't. But we need to say congratulations to Babs and Trev. If you've listened for a while, you will remember their wonderful calls together. We miss you, Babs and Trev. Anyway, they got married in July and we just wanted to extend our dum-de-dum congratulations to you both. Oh, yes. Congratulations. congratulations. Wonderful. Yeah. And now our special bookish item. As you know, I host the QuickBook Reviews podcast and I was talking to Sarah Stavell, whose latest book is Other Parents, about her memory of the archers. So Sarah Stavell, author of Other Parents, you have um, an archer's memory, I believe. I do. Yes, I grew up with my mum listening to the archers. She always listened to the Sunday Omnibus and she absolutely loved it. And if anyone ever phoned when the archers was on, she'd get very cross. And most people knew not to phone her when the archers was on. But one time she did get a call from her ex-husband and she was furious and she came off the phone and she said, he knew, he knew I was listening to the archers and that's why he phoned at that moment. <laughs> so if ever she thought of uh, getting back with him, that was that, that was that, it. that was the killer. That was definitely dead. Can you just briefly tell us about your wonderful book, Other Parents, as well? It follows the lives of five different women, varying ages. The youngest is 15 and the oldest is in her 40s. And their lives all intersect. And it's it's all set around the basis of the schoolyard. And one of these women has left her husband and set up home with another woman. And this is causing a massive scandal in the small town where they live. And it's all about what happens as all this unfolds. Uh, uh, yes, it's wonderful. You've got the tension, politics, prejudice, all sorts of uh, ingredients thrown in. It's a, it's a great read. Sarah Stavell, thank you very much. Thank you. And so to Facebook. First of all, we need to welcome new members this week. Don't panic, just first names. So we need to say an how do to you to... Martin and Tennille. Kurt and Timothy. Alan and Joy. Carolyn and Penny. Kath and Vicky. Tara and Cheryl. And as well to Tamsin and Paula. So what has our Dumpty Dum group been talking about this week? Well, let's find out as we sit back for the roundup of the goings on in the Dumpty Dum Facebook group with our Katie. Hey up my ducks, happy new year. It's Katie here at KTP Land on Twitter and Instagram. One of our biggest threads this week was from Kate Lyle when they thought the Archers was getting irritatingly Christian. It's well worth checking out all the responses and what people thought. Following on with the religion theme, Audrey Ann Delgado is interested to see where all the various branches are headed between Alan and Usha and Harrison and Fallon. Mia Fox found Harrison's part moving, as did a few others. And finally, there was a lot of talk about a double baptism possibly brewing. Watch this space. 
Jonah Titchmarsh said what a lot of us were thinking about Sunday's episode in general. How bizarre. Most of us agreed. Though being such a stationary geek myself, I was quite jealous of Jazz's flowery notebook with a bee and a smiley face wearing shoes. Anyone else? Sue Smith pointed out that she remembered Peggy leaving the lodge to Helen when she rewrote her will. Glyn Fullerlove said he was sure Peggy's will is subject to regular review and that she may have left the lodge to Hilda by now. And Lillian McCarthy replied that Hazel may have taken Hilda with her, seeing as they were the only ones who got on, from one catty personality to another, I guess. Sue Lee reminded us all about the wonderful fig wasps and their crunchy bits by adding even more information. Check it out if you can stomach it. Ew. Charles Day made a good point and wondered why Tom Archer asked his mother if she'd like milk in her tea. She's 70. He ought to know by now how she takes her tea. Absolutely, Charles. Also, I'm loving the fact there always seems to be a tea topic when I do my social media roundup. Rob Williams and Kate Lyle both shared posts about the Chris and Tom situation. William Nolan made a very good point and said there isn't enough cider in Eddie Grundy's shed to block out the memory of that scene with Kenton and Jolene tonight. Ugh. Another hot topic shared by Tim Jones-Elvington and Rob Williams was the Bulls' Valentine's plans. The mind boggles. Leah Toff managed to wrap up the whole of the Alice and Chris storyline in one post, so take note, script writers, or don't, totally up to you. And finally, Melly McMurrayweather was felpishamed by the lack of a Friday episode. I hope the omnibus has sorted you right out. If not, make sure you check out Caroline Wright's Saturday episode, Substitute, as always. I hope everyone's 2022 has started well. Welcome to the newbies. As usual, make yourselves known, settle in with a cuppa, and let us know your thoughts. Until next time, ta Thank you, Katie. That was great. And to everyone who's posted their thoughts on the Dumpty Dum Facebook group, you'll be very welcome to join us there if you haven't done so already. We are, of course, also on Twitter under at Dumpty Dum. Our team always includes the Archers hashtag using a capital T and A if you wonder why it's so that the visually impaired can enjoy any Archers-based tweets. Also, try and include at Dumpty Dum in your tweet. It uh, increases the churn of the tweet, as they say. It means that uh, more people see it and it helps keep our community growing. As well as at Dumpty Dum, we're both on Twitter. I can be found at QuickBook Review with a three instead of a W. How about you, Quentin? You'll find me at 13 Minute Man. That's one three minute man. And now on to Twitter with a much better introduction than I can give. Hello, it's Fry here. No, not that one. And now on Dumpty Dum, it's time for Tweet of the Week. <laughs> Um, and the three winners this week, the three medalists, have been inspired by um, rent arrears and also Valentine's Day ideas. So in bronze position, we have Charlie Notton at 19CEM. He has opened Jazz's notebook and found this. Jazz's notebook, page one. Pint of Shires, £3.65. Pint of Shires, £3.65. Pint of Shires, £3.65. Large whiskey, £5.60. Bag of crisps, 85 pence, and so forth. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> yeah. I guess you bronze, Charlie. Well done. In silver, it's uh, Ian Roberts at uh, Slow Bike Ian. How about a stand-up if you're neither related to nor have slept with an archer competition? That's for a Valentine suggestion <laughs> in the book. <laughs> <laughs> Not many people will be standing up from 
<laughs> and in gold position, same sort of theme. It's from our wonderful Miranda at Apple Android app. And she says, why doesn't Kenton put on a guess he died in this corner and chair evening at the bull? <laughs> Brilliant, Miranda. Oh, dear. <laughs> I guess you go. Uh, so congratulations to all our three medalists this week. Indeed. Well, we need to start winding down. So we must say thank you to Stephen, Catherine, Grey Whiskers, Tracy, Daniel from St Andrews, Glyn, Caroline from Sydney, Helen from Rotherham, Vicky Cole Martin, Mark, Adam Hickford, and author Sarah Stavell for their contributions, as well as Stephen Bowden for his dumpty dum tune. Thanks also to our social media supremos, Cosmo for his podcast roundups, Shambridge for her voices, and to our podcasting parents, Lucy V. Freeman and Royfield Brown. So what will be revealed next week? Will Leonard be found walking around Ambridge muttering, I've got three yellow coins, two blue ones and four red ones to himself? <laughs> will Chris make a bedspread from a montage of ripped up wedding photos found within the sofa? Will Harrison decide to relocate from Woodbine Cottage to reside permanently in the bell tower at St Stephen's? And will Jazza bring out his own range of accounts books, notepads and other stationary items? All will be revealed next week. But for now, it's a thank you for listening and a bye-bye from me. And I'm off to ponder what's in Jim's miscellaneous ledger. Bye-bye. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.